It's Friday, September 17th, and you're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. It's episode 209, and I'm your lone host here today with Paul Brarin, proprietor of Tinkertry.com, an EV enthusiast, and all-round good guy. Paul, how are you doing this morning, man? I am great, thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me back. It's great to be here. Yeah, man, it's great to have you back on the show. Um, I, I love that you are just a font of knowledge on all the things that we get into, and there's a ton of stuff to talk about today. Uh, unfortunately, Aaron and Russ couldn't join us this morning. Russ might surprise us here, maybe even bring new baby Brooks along, which would be fun. But um, for the time being, I think we've got some really fun stuff to get into. Do you have anything that you would really like to start it off with, or you want me to drop one of the crazy ones that came from the TPP community this morning? No, as we just get started, I'll just mention this is uh, it's been almost a year since I've been on. So the shift over to Telegram has been interesting installing the desktop client, but I'm delighted to see echo cancellations working well with my desktop mic since I wanted to avoid using my phone and Wi-Fi for this. So I'm glad it's yeah, all working. It's yeah. No, we've, we've been enjoying the shift to Telegram. Um, I forget how many episodes ago we actually did this, but um, it was actually the day that they released, um, I guess, group audio and video chats on Telegram. And the ability to record, you know, sort of very um, uh, just mixed media uh, teleconferencing capabilities. And uh, it's, it's just been smooth and easier for us. It's cut down the time it takes us to get the podcast posted. Um, just it's really, really simple. Drops a drops a quick audio file in. Uh, we can have tons of participants. Not that that has been uh, a, an issue for us or anything like that yet. But we've, yeah. we've been enjoying it. Glad it wasn't too painful I gotta say, for you. you. You got the intro nailed. You almost sound like Aaron Buehling. And you got delicious hot takes. <laughs> Even the way you said Russ Cantwell. Uh, I don't know if I said it right, but anyhow. <laughs> you did, you nailed it. It took Aaron like uh, two years to get that. So two. well done. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, man, um, I, I feel like I'm going to start with some, uh, I'll call it darker news today. And then we'll slowly but surely slipped into, shift into all the fun stuff that we uh, we definitely want to have you on the show for. Um, I... Darren Zook this morning shared something that's been going crazy on social media and in the news this morning, which is that uh, Facebook employees um, uh, are being criticized or Facebook in general is being criticized for the way that they sort of ignored ad revenue coming from accounts that were associated with known human trafficking. And uh, apparently, as sort of an extension of the tiff that they've been having with Apple, um, Apple actually threatened to deplatform Facebook on uh, Apple devices and in the Apple Store because of inaction related to that topic. Um, and, and it's uh, obviously, you know, Twitter's been ablaze with it. There have been quite a few articles. But uh, did you did you run into some of that stuff? And what do you think? Yeah, no, I saw, thanks to Darren Zook uh, in the chat here, um, he mentioned some of this. The first thing I noticed was apple.news is the URL we're reading this on, right? So let's think about how they're curating and deciding to put a Wall Street Journal article. But that that right there, right? Hmm. I see um, that. I see that a ton because, uh, you know, I have a lot of friends and family, obviously, that are on Apple devices, and clearly they're using a lot of uh, – um, you know, Apple news feeds to to get their stuff and I'll get those links. And actually it it's a pain to get Apple news links on Android devices about every other time they come through. Um, oh. And that could actually be ad blocking on my end. It could just be that, you know, everything gets, uh, you know, appended to an apple.news link and, and 
just goes weird places if you're not on Apple devices. But I have noticed that a lot lately. It's actually quite well, annoying, not going to lie. <laughs> as far as the articles themselves, not the happiest stuff to read. You get more stuff of you know the, the mental anguish it can be to try to be a human filter for, for, for the junk in there. And I'll also yeah. admit I might not be the best person to ask because I've never been on Facebook personally, professionally, whatever. Just avoided it the entire thing. And I know that sounds a little crazy. It also, uh, you know, well, yeah, it, it's good and bad, right? There's always things that are, you know, connection with high school friends and all not so good, but the rest sure. of it, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm missing. So, yeah. Um, anyhow, as far as uh, what they're doing in other countries, it, it does sound bad. Like they're not even close to on top of um, looking into some rather shady stuff going on. So specifically, yeah, I'm yeah. talking about the Wall Street Journal article. Facebook employees flag drug cartels and human traffickers. The company's response is weak. Documents show. That's the title we're talking about here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was the one that Darren shared. I I had noticed that in a few other places, people were really talking about it. Um, one of the ones that I found really interesting is that they have. Uh, I, I don't know what the name was, but it's basically tasked cards that were in part of this discovery um, in the. Uh, some court case i'm not sure exactly what the source was but it showed sort of the um the job of ai to maximize revenue related to you know ads coming from certain accounts but then there was this this human owned task that was to review basically how how the revenue with, with i guess the way it was stated basically said without impacting revenue see if you can sort of suss out whether or not we should stop paying attention to this because it's coming from known human trafficking, which which really reads like we know they're associated with human trafficking, but we don't want you to mess with revenue. At the same time, one of the things that we're either supposed to do or that we're going to do was just trying to limit the number of nameless credit cards that these accounts were using to pay for the ad revenue that Facebook was getting. And so it, it just kind of screams hey, we know, we know these are sketchy accounts and we're going to do the bare minimum to disrupt that because they're paying. And so I, I, that one actually caught me off guard quite a bit. But I, I also feel like it's just adding fuel to the fire that is Facebook and, and they just seem to have a, an almost corporate moral or ethical disregard for anything that isn't you know, revenue which is, uh, it's just, a, it's a bad look and it seems to be getting worse, not better. Yeah. I don't have anything happy to say there. <laughs> <laughs> there is no bright side. Um, well, here's, here's one that's a little more interesting um, uh, for, for everyone. Cause it, I think it impacts everyone. I shared a wall street journal article um, in the, the TVP chat this morning too. And it talks about, um, law enforcement's use of commercial phone data and uh, basically the the burden on law enforcement to have, um, uh, what's the word, uh, probable cause hmm. versus using publicly available data to find something that, you know, may be associated with illegal activity or that, that could, you know, bring bring a case against a person, right? And so the article was specifically talking about um, uh, the way that public data, how much data was being collected from phones and other sources, social media, et cetera, and whether or not it's appropriate for a law enforcement agency without any other probable cause to use that data to go after somebody. 
And I I like that topic of conversation because I feel like on this show a lot we we talk about personal privacy, what what is the expectation of privacy on on social platforms, on you know cell phones, things like that, is a little warning enough to tell you that it's basically collecting every bit of information law enforcement side of the equation, what what is an overreach versus what is just an appropriate use of, you know, maybe your recklessness as an individual to sign up for something that, that really is uh, leaking private information, right? What sure. do you think? Uh, also fraught with peril here, this article, um, <laughs> law enforcement's use of commercial phone data stirs surveillance fight. So, yeah, I thought about this. Uh, last time I was overseas was... Uh, two years ago with my, um, in Europe, and then three years ago uh, going in and out of Berlin. B- both those times were in and out of Germany. Thinking about that, turning off my phone or at least getting it so the password lock was on and Face ID hadn't unlocked it or anything. You know, there's some measures you can take. Not that I had anything on there, but I really didn't sure. want to wipe my phone or be prevented with the situation. When I think about the implications of uh, not just unlocking my phone, but having my face do stuff or my fingerprint in a law enforcement situation, especially when you're overseas, yeah, I mean, everything's in there, you know, including dual factor and how I log into accounts and, and sure. my website stuff, all of it is in there. And it would not be uh, not be good, especially if there's no probable cause, no judge involved, no oversight of the sure. officer that I'm actually faced with in that facility. And that's well, I pretty, think it's uh, a really good that's a really good point, too, because you, you talk about traveling internationally and you could very easily be in a jurisdiction that has completely different, um, you know, burden, probable cause sort of burden or burden of proof uh, laws and so you you might easily go from somewhere where you do have a reasonable expectation of privacy and not being pursued for something um cross a border and suddenly your phone could be used against you quite ardently right that's uh that's actually a curious problem yep specifically articles talking about fbi in this country here and um Mm -hmm. Uh, that's tough. I've had secret clearance before, so I know some of the stuff you uh, sign up for when you agree to that. It's pretty intrusive right there. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Uh, so this is another tough one. Man, this is like a hazing uh, day. These are tough this is, I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it. It's, just, it's what's in the news, and you are the guy on the podcast. Um, <laughs> no, um, with Carol, everything I say. It is. It is yeah. No, well, I, it's just an opinion, right? We're, we're, yeah. we're not here to, to say what's right, what's wrong, or hopefully expose It's a hot take. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my, one of my first thoughts as I was thinking through this one is like my, my very, very first reaction is I don't, I don't think I like the idea of law enforcement being able to just use that data to, to catch somebody doing something illegal. Now I say that, but it is publicly available data. It's like, if they just had a team of people out there, like the, I guess the, the perfect, you know, metaphorical, you know, coral corollary would be like a traffic cop or somebody whose job is explicitly to walk around and see if your car is parked in a spot that is illegal and give you a ticket if it is, right? There's nothing illegal about that. That is not an overreach from uh, a, a law enforcement perspective, or at least I would argue most people don't think that's an overreach of law enforcement's uh, you know, abilities or charter, right? So if you gave someone or a group of people a job of going through publicly available data at random and finding things that give you probable cause, like, wow, this 40 something year old individual spends a lot of time chatting online with 14 year olds. Like that's 
that's a little sketchy. And you dig down into it and you find out, sure enough, they're they're doing something that crosses a line. Um, I, I get that, that comparison, but I think with the amount of information that's available uh, through, you know, sort of digital twins or just, again, social media and, and cell phones in particular, laptops as well, just, just digital assets. Um, I think my the thought that made me i think the most comfortable was was sort of just making the line less fuzzy and almost like let a, a law enforcement ai for instance pour through all of this publicly available data but put a line in the sand as to the extremity of the offense and and as i was thinking through this i was like okay that could be wrought with peril as well, right? If, if you're going to make a, a judgment call about what is uh, illegal enough to justify almost this warrantless surveillance of, of your public data, right? But but I think we have a really easy way to draw that line. And, and it would depend on what law enforcement agency you're talking about, right? This was related to the FBI. Of course, their purview is quite large. But what they can and can't go after, I think that's part of where you draw the line, right? And then I would say the the severity of the offense should be where it's determinable that that an AI could go through it. So, as an example, if you put um, something in your uh, your Twitter profile that shows you speeding, which is going to make a perfect springboard uh, for what we're going to talk about next. Um, <laughs> That is that is illegal, depending on where you are, right? And in the location data is there, and and you're just on some you know public street, and you're going too dang fast. Well, okay, you broke the law. Now, whether or not you can get a ticket for that, I don't know. I'm sure that depends on the jurisdiction. But, but what I'm saying is that that offense is below a certain threshold, right? Because a speeding ticket, um, even I think excessive speeding, doesn't usually cross a threshold. There's a difference between like different misdemeanor ratings and classes, class one, class two, class three, whether it's a misdemeanor or it's a, a you know, an offense, a capital offense, if it's actually a federal crime, something along those lines. Um, we should be able to use those sort of ratings for how illegal something is, similar to, you know, substances, right? We've got different classes of substances and whether or not that they're um, controlled to a certain extent. If, if you draw that line somewhere and it's like, if it causes harm to a human, if it's related to certain activities, but basically if it is this illegal per our legal system to get whatever rating and whatever number of years potentially attached to it, uh, then AI... Tyler, I don't know if you can hear me, but we lost your last sentence. Oh no, Russ is on. So just repeat that last sentence. We're good. Good to see yeah, you. Yeah, no, I was, I was just saying. I think, I think if, if you, if we drew a line really clearly that just said, "Hey, all your public data is is going to be gone through by the FBI, explicitly looking for an opportunity to go after you if you have committed a crime above this threshold," then a, it might change behavior, which I think is usually the point of laws and law enforcement, and. Uh, and and B, it's not so crazy as to think that you've gone into like a full Big Brother state where you know you're walking down the street and you step on a, a bag of soap, and then it turns out that that bag of soap is part of a TikTok trend to steal it from schools and vandalize property in goofy ways with soap, um, and now you're part of some kind of TikTok cadre that's using school soap to uh, you know spray parking lots 
and they found that through your uh, your cell phone somehow, and you're going to get a ticket. Uh, that's that's a real kind of example, actually. Lately, that was something goofy I found out about from a friend who's got a child in high school, um, or middle school, something like that. Anyways, craziness. So, I don't know, Russ. You just joined. Did you hear what I was talking about? Have you seen this stuff about the the law enforcement's use of um, commercial phone data and uh, sort of overreach versus totally appropriate law enforcement? I did not, but that sounds like a slippery slope to me. Since um, it does you know, it's a, like this simple example of like people were wondering. They're like, "Well, why couldn't you stop the September 11th attacks?" They're like, "Well, we could, but we have to like <laughs> look in stuff." And they're like, "Well, no, no, no." Don't look into stuff. Just stop it. It's yeah. like, well, we, we need information and it's there. <laughs> it, like we go get it, but then you found out and you're mad and now we can't stop it. Well, what do you want us to do? So I feel like it's a very slippery slope in America. The, the difference is. between like privacy and security and all that stuff. So it, I, I don't know. I, I So I don't know the story, but I can tell you right yeah. now, that it's definitely not black and white. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I completely agree. And, and I bristled a little at the beginning, too. But I think I think the really important distinction here is that this is publicly available data already. They're not wiretapping your phone. They're not reading your email, per se. It's just it's out there and it's being you know streamed from whatever it is. It, it And I, I'm sure there's some, you know, even fuzzier lines, like if they get your phone, can they just go through your phone and look at all of its historical data? Like, is that too much too far? And I agree. I think there's some slippery slope stuff there too. But I'm curious if there are some opportunities to say, you know what, there there's a reasonable expectation that this publicly made available data could be used to stop me from human trafficking versus this publicly available data could be used to write me a ticket for temporarily parking in an illegal parking zone. Yeah, I'd, so, yeah, that's right. So I think for if you were to use that ladder, I don't know. I, I'm the person who, so I struggle with cops who hide behind trees on a road trying to issue tickets. Come with I, you. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of them like waiting for someone to do something wrong. I want them to go and look for people doing something wrong. So I just things like that. I, I in in the speeding or the the parking ticket example. I think you need to be caught in the act. And not through some Agreed. external way of doing it. But for human trafficking, I don't care how you're caught. Right? Exactly. You just need to be caught. So it's I think just, in that, yeah, I can see that being a, I don't know, a severity level that yeah. needs to be, which I think is maybe, maybe when I came in is what you were talking that, about. That it, is. It, yeah. And, and I feel like, I feel like we're getting to see live because I think we thought through this the same way. This is how I felt about it. Like my first thing was like, sounds like overreach, don't like warrantless search and seizure. You got to have probable cause, but wait, it's public data. Maybe that can be root for probable cause, but I don't want it to be a slippery slope. How far does it go? If I ever get a parking ticket because somebody looked at my phone data, I'm going to be pretty pissed because that's ridiculous. Um, Even though, yeah, absolutely in that case, I'm saying I broke the law, right? It's just, is it okay for that infraction? And I think the, the rule could be that there is a line that says, in, I mean, publish it, right? Like, make it known that if you're doing these things, an AI is going to pour through your public data and expect to be pursued, right? Because cool. I think I'm okay with that. And I think that there's an element of, you know, people don't know this, but you can use phones that don't track as much or present as much of this public data. Like I would imagine that a lot of this data would come from things like 
Google or Google services or things that are totally. used very often. Like you can, for instance, you could use Calyx OS on a Pixel phone and not use Micro G and just use Android for apps. And it would be the equivalence of running my laptop, <laughs> which runs Linux, and there's zero tracking that happens on it at all. Yeah, and then, you know, and then just don't use a Google service, right? Like, there's ways that you can do this, but I don't think that people know that so much. So, you, in some respect, it's almost like the App Store thing on Android. Like, you have an option to run yeah. an alternative Android uh, App Store. Is it convenient? Is it the best option? No. But the argument could be said that you are willingly making this choice to put this public, this data public, because there is a way to prevent yeah. a lot of it from being public. So. You know, sure. I, from now, an authority's perspective, I could see it. Now, is, is it an overreach if because you decide to do that, they decide to look at as much of your public data as possible because you're already suspect? Uh, because you're choosing privacy? Uh, I don't know. It, it is, you, you know, it's funny. You you make this point. I um I think I used to terrify my friends with this because they weren't sure what to believe or not. But I used to say, because so, I, I really do not like passwords to unlock devices. I'm not a fan of them. I have to use them because company policies make them. I don't like them. My personal computers don't use them. If Linux didn't require one of two things, either a password to unlock it or a password to use every application, I wouldn't use it. But it, it forces it. I just don't like them. So I used to joke with my friends. I'd be like, you realize that if you put a password on your computer that people think you have something to hide and now they're going to try and go after you, right? And then people would like <laughs> really be concerned about whether or not you, if they should put a password on their computer, especially considering those passwords funny are unbelievably that? easy to get by <laughs> if someone has physical access to your computer. But yeah, so uh, I, I can get behind that line of thinking for sure. I've lived that life. Hey, Tyler, it's funny. Um, the password thing, Windows 11 locks it down further where NetPLWiz used to be a tool where you could just auto log in. And that's handy for VMs where you don't want a password. You just want a local account, no oh, internet, yeah. fire up a VM, check out Windows 11 UI. And what do you know? They're making it even tougher to use it without a password these days. It can still be open with my personal account on my Windows 10 computer. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been using it for probably 10, 12 years on my personal computers to get into it. Yeah. So. I prefer pins. I don't even know what my passwords are anymore. It's all pins for me. Come to my house. You can get on my computer and you can access anything you want. Just go ahead and do that. And um, if you feel safe doing so, by all means, if you let me feel know safe for you. So. <laughs> I'm going so to start Tyler, coming and using your computer to game uh, when you're busy. Uh, that's That seems fine. I think people <laughs> people would like to do that. People have come over to do it your account, <laughs> It's going to be so 2.0, just crapping it up. If you're using my account, is that I'll get to play against easier people whenever I come back on and play. That's true, because I'm bad at all the things that you're good at on the gamings. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> all right, Paul, what were you going to say? I was just going to close that, like, kind of add that uh, one of the quotes in that article, the U.S. government is using app generator marketing data based on the movements of millions of cell phones around the country wow. for some forms of law enforcement. We explain how such data is being gathered and sold. So that's part of the broader conversation about we have no control over our, our data. And the, the most kind of egregious of those was the uh, breaches of your credit bureau reporting you know, data. And oh, it's not like yeah. you opt into that. So identity Ooh, theft is a big like thing. It struck someone in my extended family. And I wrote probably one of my highest value and least popular articles, <laughs> identity <laughs> theft countermeasures, how to freeze your credit, opt out of unsolicited pre-approved offers, and secure your cell phone number all in one article. Just yeah, saying, hey, we'll it's now free it. to do it legal. Oops, sorry. Go ahead. 
No, 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 I just said tweet that one back out. We'll retweet it too. That's that's good stuff. That's like you said, high quality content. Uh, man, those kinds of things, Paul. You're just gonna make me angry because when I when I think about the complete lack of serious ramifications for for companies that collect mountains of personal data from individuals and there is literally no way to opt out of it shy of completely going off grid and basically being a sovereign citizen like it just boils my blood right because we in the united states can't say no to the credit bureaus but if they all of the data they collect which is like everything about your financial history and then some we have no recourse and the fines are paltry it's like what a joke Anyways, way too much anger and, and hate comes from that line of topic. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. Paul, thanks a ton for bringing especially your EV knowledge, but also your opinions on some touchy topics at the beginning. But thank you all for listening. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for subscribing. Please join the TVB community. We're going to blast out that TDOT link here after the show. And uh, let us know what you think. Cheers. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Later. Bye. Bye now.